What's going on, Hardliners? Welcome to His Hardline for another episode of 1% with Him. Remember, every day we need to spend at least minimum 15 minutes with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Dig a little bit in the Bible and spend a little time in prayer, you know what I mean? If you can't do that, just join us here at His Hardline. We'll get it done. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hisheartline.com. We're happy to have you. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at in the world. It is Monday, August 1st, 2022. Man, we are already in August. I cannot believe it. I just had to go out in my garden today. I had to rip up some old cucumber plants that were doing terribly. I was able to yield some stuff over the uh, growing season, but uh, yeah, they were just starting to look uh, pretty sickly looking. And whatever was on there that was growing was kind of looking like you know, the shape of an S and some of them are looking like a U and they just, they, they were just looking really goofy. They were just, they were pr- the weirdest cucumber plants I'd ever seen. I guess my mother-in-law was having issues with hers. My zucchini was okay, but I ended up having to rip all that up because I don't think anything was going to come out of it any further. And so, but our, you know, our, our bell peppers are doing well. Our sweet peppers are doing great. Our kale's doing awesome. Tomatoes are still pulling strong. Still waiting for the uh, Brussels sprouts to, you know, get bigger yet. Um, yeah, you know, still, still, still got some stuff that it's working, you know, working its way out. But um, I, I don't know how it's going to work. But, you know, since it's got a quick, uh, you know, grow time, I planted some spinach and what else did I just grow out there? Beans. And so it says about 45 to 48 days. So we will see. Hopefully, middle to end of September, hopefully, we'll see something that I can, you know, harvest something at least, you know, out of that. So we will see, you know, so far, I got to say, I am kind of happy for it being the first year of planting veggies, we actually have been doing all right. And so anyway, today, we're going to be reading here at 1% with him, we're gonna be reading Mark chapter three, excuse me. And we are going to be reading out of the NASB edition, the New American Standard Bible. And it reads, he entered a synagogue again, excuse me, he entered a synagogue again, and a man was there whose hand was withered, and they were watching him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, get up and come forward. And he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they kept silent. After looking around at them with anger, grieved at the hardness of heart, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out. And his hand was restored. And the Pharisees went out and immediately began conspiring with the Herodians against him as to how they might put him to death. Now Jesus withdrew to the sea with his disciples and a large multitude from Galilee followed and also from Judea and from Jerusalem, and from Idumea, and beyond the Jordan, and the vicinity of Tyre and Sidon. A great number of people heard about everything that he was doing and came to him. And he told his disciples to see that a boat would be ready for him 
because of the masses so that they would not crowd him. For he had healed many, and with the result that all those who had diseases pushed in around him in order to touch him. And whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they would fall down before him and shout, You are the Son of God. And he strongly warned them not to reveal who he was. He went, and he went up on the mountain and summoned those who he himself wanted. And they came to him, and he appointed twelve so that they would be with him, and that he could send them out to preach, and to have authority to cast out demons. And he appointed the twelve, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, to them he gave the name Bonagres, which means sons of thunder, and Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus and Simon and Zealot and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And he came home and the crowd gathered again to such an extent that they could not even eat a meal. And when his own people heard about this, they came out to take custody of him for they were saying he has lost his senses. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem were even saying he's possessed by Belzebul. And he cast out the demons by the ruler of the demons. And so he called them to himself and began speaking in them to them in parables. How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, then house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but he is finished. But... No one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. Truly I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons and daughters of men, and whatever blasphemies they commit. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an eternal sin, because they were saying he has an unclean spirit. Then his mother and his brothers came, and while standing outside, they sent word to him, calling for him. And a crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Answering them, he said, Who are my mother and my brothers? And looking around at those who were sitting around him, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, this is my mother Excuse me. This is my brother and sister and mother. And that concludes the readings of uh, chapter three, Mark chapter three, verses one through thirty five. Now, I want to go back to something here. Uh, This is kind of something that I think should be very noteworthy where it says in verse twenty nine. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is guilty of an internal sin. This is one of the very biggest reasons why I really do my absolute best to make sure I'd never use the Lord's name in vain or God's name in vain or Jesus. Like I, I do my absolute best to never do that because the way I read that when you blaspheme against God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, right? That from what I understand from that, that's the one unforgivable sin and it's guilty of eternal of an internal sin. I don't want that. That's why I absolutely do my absolute best to stay away from that. Now, like I said, do I have some potty talk once in a while? Yeah, but I'd rather have potty talk than blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Because when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit and God and Jesus Christ, I'm going to tell you right now, nothing good is going to come of that. Now, what does Mark chapter 3 mean? Now, before I get into that, I just want to let you all know. Remember, 
I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a Bible expert. I'm not a priest. I'm not a minister. Thank God. Just a man who drives a truck, hauls a lot of gas around the state of Michigan, and I read my Bible. It's my truck Bible. Carry it around with me. And I do my absolute best to read one chapter minimum a day and spend at least 15 minutes minimum with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, reading the Bible and spending some time in prayer. And I write in my gratitude journal. It's something very important that we all should be doing. So just so you know, I'm not an expert on this, but I do get some of my summary and my notes from this website, which is wonderful. You should check it out. It's BibleRef.com. It's BibleRef, like referee, ref.com. Very, very awesome plan on donating here because they just they're doing really good work over here i like what they're doing but what does mark chapter 3 mean <clears throat> now in mark chapter 1 and 2 jesus establishes authority over disease injury demons and the sabbath but in mark chapter 3 he faces people's reactions as his ministry and influence continues to grow and so the pharisees plotted his death and his family thinks that he's insane demons are compelled to worship him the mob wants to pilfer his healing power and a small but growing core begin to understand that he is truly the Messiah that they have been waiting for. Now, thus far though, the Pharisees have been somewhat passive observing and questioning Jesus, but not taking direct action. And as we see illustrated in Mark chapter three on a Sabbath in the synagogue, the Pharisees point out a man with a withered hand and they ask Jesus if healing on the Sabbath is consistent with Mosaic law or, you know, excuse me, they asked him if healing on the Sabbath was consistent with the Mosaic law. And Jesus tries to explain that the Sabbath is for doing good as well as resting. And the Pharisees being hardened, you know, having hardened hearts, they didn't accept this, you know, or his interpretation. And so that really angered and, and pretty much ticked off Jesus, to say the least. And so he, he ended up healing the man. And instead of confronting him outright, the Pharisees, you know, draws in the Herodians, which was the uh, supporters of the king, to basically plot against Jesus' destruction. And so the crowds looking for healing from Jesus, they continue to grow. And people came from all over Galilee and Judea and Phoenicia, grasping for a physical healing and release from the demonic possession. And so Jesus goes to the shore of the Sea of Galilee to both give room and arrange for a boat to rescue him if the press of the crowd turns dangerous. Now the mob pushes and they shove and they try to get a hand on Jesus to draw out his power. And only the demons show respect and fear for the Son of God, although Jesus will not let them speak. I find that very interesting. You got to appreciate the simple fact that the demons... And the principalities of this world, Satan even himself, they believe in Jesus more than most Christians. Think about that for a minute. Evil, demons, Satan, basically every part of, you know, every part of the evil principalities that exist, they believe in Jesus Christ more than the majority of Christians. Figure that one out. I, I can't wrap my head around that. I can't. And it makes sense. You know, in fact, just a little sidebar before I continue on. 
I was listening to a Dr. Laura show today on the Sirius XM radio because sometimes I just get sick and tired of other talk radio and politics and podcasts. I try to think, you know, I try to listen to other stuff that's not related to the garbage that we're seeing happen out there. Not that it really matters. But this caller called in. <laughs> I got to say, I got to hand it to Dr. Laura. If you, nobody knows who Dr. Laura is. She's a relationship and marital counselor, psycho, you know, psychologist. She's been around for a minute. She's, I think, in her 80s. She's been on the air for a very long time. People in their 60s and 70s know who Dr. Laura is. She's very known for her blatant and blunt um, counseling and her words. She, she just she has no problem telling you exactly what's on her mind. I mean, legit. And a caller called in and he was talking about a woman that he's very good friends with and she has kids and she's, you know, just newly divorced and, but she's been friends with her for a long time and he hasn't had any type of, you know, relationships with her and blah, 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 blah. Well, Dr. Laura is trying to get to the root of all that. And, and, uh, you know, she was asking him a question well, he, whatever question she asked, he ended up proceeding to say, well, but she's a Christian. So, and then dot, 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 whatever else he said. And she goes, that doesn't matter. She goes, believe it or not. She goes, most Christians have the highest rate, um, the highest rate of divorce out there. And so I say that to say this, just because someone says they're a Christian or let's take it away from religion for a for a minute, just because someone says they are a patriot or that they're a conservative, that doesn't mean squat. What are your actions? doesn't matter what you label your, I could label myself the smartest man in the world with the highest IQ in the world. Does that make it so? No, far from it. And so people can say anything they want, like a, like a rapper I once heard, I think it was DMX where he says talk is cheap. And then of course he followed it up by saying some expletives after that, but yeah, talk is cheap. What are your actions? And so again, like it says, only the demons show respect for fear show respect and fear for the son of God, but you don't see Christians showing respect and fear for the son of God. No. And so out of this crowd, Jesus calls a total of 12 men to follow him up to the top of the mountain. And he appoints this group and refers to them as the 12 as apostles, separating them from the mob for special training to heal, to cast out demons, to spread the word of God. And so Peter, James, John begin to be identified as Jesus's close friends. And in total, 11 of these men will be foundational to the early church. And only one, which was Judas, would be the one that would, you know, betray Jesus and Jesus's family. And meanwhile, here's, you know, Jesus's family, you know, meanwhile, here's of the commotion in Capernaum. And in fear of Jesus's sanity, they resolved to speak with him, possibly intending to bring him back to Nazareth. And so when Jesus heals a blind and a mute man from demon oppression, the people start to wonder if he is the prophetic figure referred to as the son of David. And so in response, the Pharisees from Jerusalem arrived encountered, encountered that Jesus cast out demons by the power of Satan. And Jesus first points out how illogical their arguments are. Why would Satan work against his own purposes? Exactly. Why? Then he goes on to explain that the Pharisees, hardened hearts, leave them in danger of blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. That one sin that God, that's the one sin that God won't forgive. And so finally, Jesus compares the reactions of his family to those who follow him and his mother and his brothers who come to take him back to Nazareth. And some of these family members might think Jesus had, you know, had lost his mind. But Jesus looks over the group 
that has once again filled the house to listen to him teach. And he points out to those who do God's will and his true family. And he calls them as his true family. And so this extends to those of us who accept Jesus as Lord and follow God's word and the Bible. And so ultimately, Mark 3 shows how taking Jesus at his word leads to truth while interpreting his words and actions through our our own pride and prejudice leads us to, you know, ultimate destruction. And we can't judge God or Jesus. Absolutely not. We can't. Not through our narrow lenses. We need to trust in him and allow him to change our perspective to align with his. And this is one of the biggest challenges that I used to have, not so much anymore. But yeah, we have to change our perspectives. We have to, you know, we have to trust and hand over complete surrender to Christ and God and say, look, I trust you to take over. I'm telling you, when you do that, miraculous things happen. And I'm not just saying that. It really does. And so anyway, that is pretty much the, the reading for today, Mark chapter 3. Like I said, we are going to continue tomorrow with Mark 4, followed by 5, 6, 7, and so on. And I think after we do the full reading of Mark, I think, I'm not sure, I haven't decided yet, but I want to go through either Leviticus or Deuteronomy. I'm not sure yet, but we're going to figure something out. But if you would be so kind, if you are interested in a little bit of history and where we're going at, <clears throat> excuse me, where we're headed as a nation, as the United States of America, I am going to come back here in about five minutes for the EDU spot. In case anybody is wondering, what does EDU stand for? Well, it's the education spot, the EDU spot. And so that's where we're going to go over. Uh, I believe it's part eight or part nine. I can't remember. I lost count now. But um, we're going to continue reading the 2000-25 manual, the field training manual. And again, it's something that I always tell everybody. This is something that if you're a homeschooler, you should be teaching this and reading this in your homeschool lessons because it's so relevant and riddled with such good information. And so anyway, that's all I got for you today. So until then or the next time, like I said, we will uh, we will continue on with the daily Bible reading. So with that, we are going to say a quick prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so very much for the day that we had and for the remaining of the, you know, the remainder of the day that we still have ahead of us. And we thank you for just all that you give us. Thank you for the food and water and a home, a roof over our heads. Thank you for the gift of hard work. And thank you for the garden that we have out back. Thank you for all the listeners here. Father, something we don't often do here, but we're going to try to do our best to keep doing this more and more after each show. And that's to ask for your forgiveness to, you know, we want to repent of our sins because in order for us to move forward as a blessed nation, we need to make sure that we ask for your forgiveness and, and to make sure that we live in a righteous way, right? We have to make sure that we live the righteous path to try to be the best version of ourselves. And so, Father, we ask that you amend our life and that you forgive us of our sins, our trespasses, as, you know, we try to do our absolute best to forgive those that trespass against us. And so we just ask that you restore our lives, be in our heart, be in our mind, be in our soul, in our thoughts, our words, our actions, be in our everything that's in our life. And just help us just make the next right decision. And so with all this, we pray in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so that is all I have for you for today on this Monday, August 1st, 2022. And so wherever you're at in the world, I hope you have a great day or a great morning or a great night, wherever you're at. I don't know. 
And uh, I just hope uh, we see you here tomorrow. And please do me a favor. Share the website far and wide, www.hishardline.com. People can find the podcast there. Share this podcast. Share it via text, email, social media, however you got to do it. Um, just trying to build this out and um, just trying to just, you know, just trying to get this, you know, out to as many people as possible. So with that, I will bid you adieu and we will be back here in five minutes. We'll see you then. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the day. Thank you for joining us here at His Heart Line. Remember, we need to spend at least 15 minutes each day with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is literally 1% of our time on a daily basis. Spend a little time in the Bible, spend some time in prayer. And you'd be amazed what Jesus will do to you. Drop. And don't forget to check out our website, www.hishardline.com, for all the latest updates. 